Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Okay, so I took Easter off, and then I ended up taking an extra week off because there has been uh, some unexpected construction being done to my ship, aka house, where I record. So thank you for being patient. I super appreciate it. And if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I've been putting updates up there. But I don't foresee a gap in episodes for this book, but there could be a potential gap between this book and the next book. It's really kind of unknown. I'm not really sure with the work being done. I won't be able to record if people are hammering and sawing and such, and we might be like at a hotel for a while. So just kind of heads up. Also, kind of because of that, this book which is The Cousins by Karen M. McManus, is going to be in three parts because shorter episodes will allow me to make sure they all get out on time with the construction being done. Also, this book's just really interesting, really well written, and there's a ton of characters. So today, we'll be covering about a third of it. It's chapter one through eight, pages one through 110. So some things to look forward to, multiple mysteries, a lot of A names, a pickpocket, uncomfortable attractions, and a massive OMG, I can't believe she just said that moment, which is how we're ending this episode because it's just like too good to keep going. So just kind of like to let you know how the book is set up, the chapters alternate between the three cousins' perspectives. So Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah all have their own chapters. And then also throughout Allison, which is Millie's mom, has chapters, but it's from about, I'm not sure exactly, but about 20 years ago, she's 18 at the time. So it gives us perspective on both sides of things. So just kind of like a quick overview of like what the back cover would say is there's a grandma and she disinherited her four kids like seemingly for no reason. And those out of those four kids, three of them had the cousins and they get an unexpected letter inviting them to this like prestigious island that the grandma owns and the parents want them to go so they can be like re-inherited whatever but there's a lot of like shady mystery things going on so the book starts with a family tree so it's mildred is the grandma and i don't even remember the grandpa's name hold on let me look abraham is the grandpa and then they have three sons adam anders and archer but archer doesn't have kids and he's the youngest and then Allison, who's one of the only daughter, she's in the middle. She's just older than Archer. She has Millie, who's our first main character. And then we'll get into like who, how everyone's related like later on. It's just less confusing. I'm going to try to remind you, like if I say Adam, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's Aubrey's dad, just so we can kind of stay on track. Also, just like a side note, the four kids... Adam, Anders, Archer, and Allison are all a year apart in school, so they're really close together in age. So chapter one is Millie, who is Allison's daughter, like I said, but it's short for Mildred. So the grandmother is Mildred. So our main character, who's 17, I will be calling Millie, which is what they call her in the books. So she's named after her grandmother, shocker. And (laughs) her parents are Allison, which I'm sure you guys know by now is my daughter's name and Toshi Takahashi and 
Oh, the family's name is Story. So she says she looks like a Story, but you can definitely tell she's Japanese too because of her father. And she has like a hyphenated name like Story Takahashi. And she says that her parents are amicably divorced and they live in Brooklyn. So it starts with Millie in a bar and she's only 17, but she's trying to get older guys to buy her drinks. And there's like this super creepy guy. This is how we find out like her dad's Japanese, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like something she, her and her friends do for fun, apparently. But then this guy's being a creep. So she leaves because she's supposed to meet her mom at a nearby restaurant for dinner. Millie talks about how she goes to this fancy school, Prescott Academy, but she's an average student. And it's not because she's unintelligent. She just doesn't apply herself or whatever. So her parents care a lot about her education and kind of honor for it. She talks briefly about her parents' divorce and basically her mom just like pulled away so much and then finally like filed for divorce and her dad like was always really doting and her mom's always kept her and her dad at arm's length and it's all because of this whole situation with the grandmother who would be Allison's mom. So we'll get into that more. But they kind of explain like the story family stuff. So the kids, being Allison and her siblings, grew up on a beachfront estate cat mint house on Gulf Cove Island. So basically the grandmother owns a resort for like the rich to go see. This is a lot like we were liars in the setup. Like they go to the island that the grandparents own and the cousins are there and they're figuring out the mystery of everything, except for we know the huge disappointment is not a mystery at all. This is really well written. This is a really good book, but it just reminds me of that. So bear with me. So Millie's grandfather, which would be Allison's father, died when Allison was a senior in high school. I'm just realizing that this happens... Oh, no. So, like, the backflashes are, like, a couple months after the grandpa dies. And also, I'm not, like, exactly sure, like, how he died or what caused his death. I might have to go back and look, but I feel like I would have written, he died of a heart attack or whatever. So, maybe that's part of the mystery. Anyways, two years after his death, Mildred, the grandmother, disowned all her children and cut them off completely. Out of the will, and she, like, stopped talking to them completely. Their only contact was through her lawyer, Donald Camden. And he would only give them one-line responses or Mildred hasn't changed her mind. But there's like this notorious note that was sent to all the kids that says, you know what you did. And that's like her reason for cutting them out. But we don't know. Hopefully we'll find out. So Allison claims that she cut them out because the kids didn't visit for Thanksgiving and Mildred was mad and lonely. It's like after the grandpa died, they all went to college and then they didn't come home or something. I don't know. Obviously, that's not the whole thing. And all the other, like, Allison's siblings all claim, like, we don't know what that means. We didn't do anything. So, Mildred has the grandmother, no contract with any of her children for 24 years, no weddings, birth of grandchildren, none of that. But now she writes a letter to Millie, the granddaughter, and I will read it. It's on page 10. Dear Millie, we have, of course, never met. The reasons are complex, but as years progress, they become less important than they once were. As you stand poised on the threshold of adulthood, I find myself curious to know you. I own a property called Gull Cove Resort that is a popular vacation destination on Gull Cove Island. I wish to invite you and your cousins, Jonah and Aubrey, to spend this summer living and working at the resort. Your parents worked there as teenagers and found the environment both stimulating and enriching. I'm sure you and your cousins would reap similar benefits from a summer at Gull Cove Resort. 
And since I am not well enough to host guests for any length of time, it would afford me the opportunity to get to know you. I hope you accept my invitation. The resort's summer hire coordinator, Edward Franklin, will handle all necessary travel and logistics, and you may contact him at the email address below. Very sincerely yours, Mildred Story. Okay, so Allison wants Millie to go and basically get them back into the will, even though she doesn't outwardly say that. Millie's cousins, Jonah and... Aubrey will be there too, obviously, like the note said. Last time Millie saw Jonah, she was eight and he tried to make her cry and he had an allergic reaction to a food that his mom warned him not to eat. Millie mentions that her mother is not close with her siblings anymore. And also there's a teardrop necklace that the grandmother gave Allison and Millie has always wanted it passed down to her. I'm assuming in one of the back flashes, we'll see that moment. We haven't yet. But anyways, Allison claims she's been waiting until Millie turns 21, but would give it to her now if she spent the summer with her grandmother. Millie is frustrated that her mother is trying to blackmail her, but also that it's going to work. Chapter two, Aubrey. My first note says, I like Aubrey. She's a meek character that I'm sure will finally find her strength and stand up for herself at some point in the book, which she totally does. She nails it. I audibly like gasped. So the chapter starts at her swim meet, the last one of the school year. I'm assuming they're juniors because she says she's not going to be on the team next year, which would assume she's going to be a senior next year. Anyways, her mom isn't there, which is unusual, but something's going on. So she's not surprised. Aubrey basically throws the race and finishes seven out of eight, but she's usually a really good swimmer and she's happy her coach is upset, but most of this chapter, things go unsaid. So it seems like Aubrey's in the right in her actions, but we're not really sure why. Like we feel like the coach deserves to be upset, but we don't know why that is. So Aubrey's boyfriend of four years, Thomas, picks her up and she told him she's feeling sick. So she wants to leave the meet early, which she isn't. And then she notes that, she, like, I don't know. This is, like, kind of random, but I just put it in there. She notes that she never gets sick, and it is opposite of the story side of the family, who are delicate flowers, and her and her mother are sturdy weeds. I don't... Maybe she's a weed! <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just really interesting, because it describes, like, Millie being the most like the stories, and then Aubrey and Jonah not being like the stories, being more like their mothers. So... It's just like an interesting character development. Anyways, Thomas is oblivious and doesn't ask her what's wrong. He doesn't kiss her because she's quote unquote sick. But like, obviously something else is going on there. Like he's kind of avoiding her. Like he drives off quickly after he drops her off. It seems like he might want to break up with her, but we don't know. We still kind of don't know, but that's the vibes. But like before he drops her off in the middle of the drive home, Aubrey talks about her cousins since they're in a group text about their plans for traveling to the island, etc. She likes Millie. Same. Millie's awesome. She describes Millie as beautiful and looks like the story family, like I said, and Aubrey takes more after her mother. Jonah is annoyed by this whole summer thing and is mad because he was supposed to be at a competitive science camp. The girls think he's a jerk, but more in a playful way, I guess. They just don't know him very well. Like, they have a separate texting about, like, Jonah's being a jerk. He's an idiot. Whatever. So, she describes her aunt and uncles and father. So, Adam is Aubrey's father, and he was the golden boy athlete. Anders is Jonah's father, and was the brilliant eccentric. Allison, 
who's obviously Millie's mother, was the reserved beauty, and Archer, who has no children, and the youngest, is the charming jokester. Like, what else is new? So, <laughs> classic, like, the eldest is golden boy, the youngest is the jokester off the beaten path. Guess what I am in my family. I'm the youngest. Anyways, <laughs> she told a story of Archer, who's the youngest, visiting them when she was young and playing with her and stuff. But now she's older, she realized he was drunk the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not like that. So Aubrey's father, Adam, seems like the worst. Okay, this is like kind of hard to explain, but he's an idiot. So He's been trying to write a book, be an author for like 10 years, and then he finally wrote a bestseller, and then he's been spending like another 10 years trying to write a sequel or something. So the book is about an athlete turned author with a bunch of adoring fans. Like, it's supposed to be based on him, but it's not the reality of the situation. It's like what he wants the situation to be. And he reads the book at least once a year. That's just gross to me. So anyways, so it doesn't directly say this. But it's hinting that Adam cheated on Aubrey's mom, Megan, like recently because she's like staying with her sister and stuff. Okay, so Adam says this is hard on everyone and like about the mom staying somewhere else or whatever. And Aubrey wants to scream that he's the one that caused the problem, but she just nods and goes to her room. She thinks about the you know what you did note from the grandmother and how the father swore that him and his siblings did nothing and then no, it didn't make sense. But she doesn't know what to believe because her dad has shown her how easily he can lie. He's like super the worst character in the whole book. Chapter three, Jonah. So I say Jonah's a weirdo in a good way. He's taking a car to the ferry and he has a collection of articles and things printed off about Gran and the cousins and the story family and he says when he's uncomfortable he does research to calm him which is totally like that's what I told my daughter I go if you're afraid of something you're afraid of storms then learn about them and you'll be less afraid of them so that's totally valid so anyways he barely makes it to the ferry and he runs into Millie and she doesn't recognize him because it says like Jonah doesn't post on social media and stuff and they've only been in this group text or whatever so she describes him not being what she expected because he looks like a j crew model and he weirdly finds her attractive even though they're cousins but he's also extremely annoyed by her it's like this really weird interaction and then i say here i said i'm guessing he isn't actually related like he's not a story or something like maybe his mom had an affair or something because like i don't know why would you find your cousin attractive so anyways Millie brings him to meet Aubrey on the ferry, and they both say that they look more like their mothers, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I've said that like 15 times. Also, it's noted that Aubrey keeps looking at her phone and is disappointed. Probably doesn't say this, but probably looking for a text from her boyfriend. Jonah also gets a text from an unknown JT, and I say that's also the initials of Jonah Theodore. And I said, is this a parent trap situation? Like sending the wrong twin to go see the grandma or whatever? So anyways, JT asks how it's going and Jonah wants to respond with F off, but just says fine. <laughs> Millie runs off to get drinks while Jonah and Aubrey talk and Aubrey brings up that her dad never talks about his dad. So her dad, Adam, does not ever talk about Anders, which is Jonah's father, which they're like the oldest and the next oldest. So anyways, she says her dad has the most in common with Allison, which is Millie's mom, and is protective over Archer, who's the baby. 
Jonah confirms that his dad, Anders, is the odd man out, or at least feels that way. Then they talk about Gran, the grandma, and how she only sent the one letter to offer them summer jobs. And then, like, Aubrey sent a bunch and never heard back, but Jonah didn't send any and never heard back. And she seems really cold, and it's really weird that they were all forced to come. So Millie returns with alcohol, which Aubrey spits out. And then Millie says the... this part's like crazy. She says the entire family is built on secrets, right? It's a story legacy. You guys probably have some juicy ones, spill or whatever. And both Jonah and Aubrey get nervous, but Millie focuses on Jonah. And then Millie says everyone has secrets. The question is whether you're keeping your own or someone else's. And Jonah says, can't it be both? And Millie's like, well, with you, I guess it can. And we find out what is going on with this. So I'm really excited to share that with you later. Chapter four, Millie. So just to kind of get like a feel of the main character's personalities, Millie calls her grandmother Mildred, Aubrey calls her Gran, and Jonah calls her nothing. So I might go between Gran, Mildred, the grandma, whoever. So (sighs) too many people. So also, there's like another tidbit. Gull Cove Island is tiny. It's less than 14 miles across and it's near Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket, but it's supposedly like not as great. And I said, which also makes it near the stupid island from We Were Liars, which is also true because it talks about being near Martha's Vineyard. So Millie's wearing her grandfather's watch, which is always stuck on three o'clock, which I'm assuming that's going to come into play as being important. And the red dress that was her mother's in high school to make a dig at Mildred. Because Millie is not about the situation. She thinks it's like ridiculous that her grandmother does not talk to her kids and now wants them to come work for her, which she's not wrong. So... Millie notes that she doesn't know much about her cousin's financial situation, but she knows that Aubrey's mom's a nurse and her dad's attempting to write his second book, like I said, and Jonah's dad is a financial advisor. And Millie found an article where former clients accused him of a Ponzi scheme, but ultimately, I guess legally, it was found that he had just given them bad advice. And this is so funny because these are like, teen novels or young adult novels she had to look up who bernie madoff was and that makes me feel so old because i literally like wrote a paper about him in college so i'm like oh my goodness okay so just google it ponzi scheme it's a whole thing Um, enough time to explain it (laughs) so they exit the ferry and there's this old man that approaches them and thinks that millie is her mother allison he's like clearly senile And he tells her that she should not have come and Mildred would be furious. And they try to explain the situation like, we're their kids, we were invited here. And the old man says that Adam, who is Aubrey's dad, had seeds of greatness, didn't he? But he wasted them. Foolish boy, could have changed it all with a word. Which is like, what does that mean? Oh my gosh. So then Hazel Bader Clement comes to collect her grandfather. And we find out this old man is Dr. Fred Baxter. And he's like the story family doctor and always make house calls. And he's still a friend of Mildred's, but he has dementia and stuff. So that's about to come into play at the end of where I left off. They're going to like go talk to him and try to figure out more. But anyways, she tells them, this is Hazel, that she did a report on the story family for college and wants to expand on it by interviewing them sometime. Millie dodges this and says they'll be busy all summer because the story family is full of secrets, so she doesn't want to, like, talk to someone about it. And Hazel leaves her number in case they want to be shown around, etc. They take a taxi to this humongous resort that the grandmother owns, and the cousins are supposed to register at Edward Franklin's office, which is who they had the correspondence with to come out in the first place. So they get to the office, and they find someone named Carson Fine, 
and he's the head of hospitality. And he informs them that Edward Franklin left abruptly two days ago, and they're still looking for a replacement. So, like, ooh, he's the one that they were corresponding with, and now he's gone randomly. What could that be? So, <laughs> Carson had no idea they were coming, and had no idea, like, that there was any correspondence or whatever. But Millie shows them, like, hey, we've been talking to Edward about this. He won't, like we were invited. So Carson tells them, Oh, your grandmother's in the ballroom. I'll go get her. So they're like freaking out and they meet Mildred for the first time. Millie thanks Mildred for inviting them. And Mildred tells Carson, like, take them to the dormitories. She'll talk to them at a more fitting time. And to Millie, it's clear that Mildred had no idea the cousins were even coming. So, like, what the heck is going on? That's like the whole premise of the book. That's the biggest mystery we have. Clearly, Mildred did not know they were coming. And this Edward Franklin did. And why is someone trying to get the cousins to the island? So then before the chapter ends, we go on to Allison, which is Millie's mom, age 18, June 1996. I was five. So anyways, (laughs) it's six months after Allison's grandfather had passed away. Mildred is planning a party because the two oldest, Adam, Aubrey's dad, and Anders, Jonah's dad, are returning home from Harvard for the summer. Allison and Archer are talking about their brothers and Archer idolizes Adam and they talk about how Harvard has made Anders even more arrogant. And then Mildred has her assistant... Teresa helped plan the party and she has a son named Matt who's more or less like Allison's crush at the time. Clearly that's not Millie's dad though. Apparently the Christmas before Matt hooked up with Anders, that's Jonah's dad, on and off again girlfriend Kayla and now Anders like that's his sworn enemy. He hates him clearly. So this is all like Allison kind of telling us. So Matt and Kayla dated for like two months, didn't work out. And she said that Anders barely even put any effort in the relationship in the first place. But so she kind of feels like he's overreacting, like there shouldn't be as much bad blood. So Matt is like there because his mom, Teresa, is helping the party. And he asks Allison on a date just to go get coffee or something. And she's like, obviously really wants to. And she tells him maybe they could set it up sometime, but she shoes him away because she sees Adam coming, which means Anders close behind. She doesn't want to like start any drama. And she says she knows her father, Abraham, who's obviously dead at this point, would say family first always if he found out that she was caught between her brother and her crush. Chapter five, Aubrey. So Aubrey and Millie are rooming together in the dorm and their grandmother took off to Boston for business, supposedly. That's just what they're told. And they hasn't talked to them since that first meetup. This is like, I think supposed to be like a week later. Anyways, the Gulf Cove Gazette ran an article, a new chapter to the stories, grandchildren return to Gold Cove. Da da da. I don't know why everyone cares so much, honestly, but whatever. So Aubrey tells us that she hasn't spoke to her boyfriend, spoken, excuse me, spoke to her boyfriend since before her flight took off to come here. And he just said, have a great summer. So like, obviously something's going on with that. She talked to her mom about her cousins and her mom's like, oh, are you having fun? What did they like? Whatever. But Aubrey's father only asked about the grandma, which Aubrey has mostly been ignoring. So the cousins get invited by Donald S. Camden, that's the lawyer, to meet up for lunch. And I say, side note, their driver, like Donald's in a car or whatever, 
talks about Nickel Beach and how the kids would find coins. And it's rumored that the grandfather, Abraham, would hide coins for them to find. And Aubrey confirms to us that this story is true and says this generosity is what attracted her mother to her father originally because they met in college and her dad told her mom this story. But she also implies that apparently it was not passed down to her dad like the mother had hoped. It's kind of depressing, but that's also awesome. Like if I was super rich and I owned an island, I would totally go hide quarters for kids to dig up. That'd be so cool. So anyways... Aubrey also has the driver stop at Cuddy Beach and Millie asks why and Aubrey explains in her father's book that he talks about himself or whatever. He talks about a place called Cutter Beach. Coincidence? I think not. And there's a line in the book that says that's where it all started to go wrong. So she's just kind of like wondering if there's some truth to like this is where something happened and that's why the grandma's mad. So, oh, and it's just like kind of noted that it's just like this ugly little tiny beach, whatever. So they have lunch with Donald and he informs the cousins that Mildred is not well enough to host them and the hospitality she has given them already has been hard on her. Millie objects with snark, but he continues. So he offers them all summer jobs on a movie set in Boston and Aubrey really wants to go because she has a crush on like the main character of this movie, which is kind of funny, but... Millie drags Aubrey to the bathroom and explains that the situation is suspect, obviously. So she says that Mildred and Donald are clearly not on the same page and he wants to get rid of them, but can't like straight fire them. So Millie also believes that the grandmother didn't invite them, but she has been willing to let them stay. She told them, put them up in the dorms and stuff. So like something is going on. Like Mildred might be mad, but she's also like okay with them being there. And Donald clearly wants to get rid of them. Chapter six, Jonah. So Jonah, okay, first of all, Jonah and Millie work at a restaurant and then Aubrey is a lifeguard. So Jonah's at work at the restaurant before the lunch rush comes in and then Millie also shows up to lunch and he's like stuffing his face with this shrimp pasta and Millie walks in, sits with him or whatever. And he knows that like she has not talked to him for like a week, basically. So clearly she wants something. So the news is on and it makes sense in the book, but it causes her to casually bring up Anders, which is Jonah's dad. And it's like, oh, has he ever come up against fraud in the financial industry? And Jonah realizes that she probably saw the article calling him Bernie Madoff of Rhode Island. And Jonah wonders if Millie knows that it's all true. The investments were all just pyramid schemes. So like, that's kind of a bomb because he was found like not guilty. And it talks like more in detail, but like people literally lost like their entire life savings. And then Jonah's like confirming to us that like Anders really is a jerk and totally like stole people's money. So anyways, the bartender, Chaz, that is noted as a functioning alcoholic, changes the subject before Jonah can answer and like express any of that. So Millie asks if Jonah received the follow-up letter from Donald and... Basically, the letter says that it urges them to reconsider the offer on the movie set because they'll pay three times what they're making at the resort. But they've all kind of agreed like something is up, so they're not going to take this deal. Also, there's random mention of a girl named Brittany who works there as well, and she has a huge crush on Jonah. And he says that he thinks she's cute, but wants to keep a low profile, so he's not like really interested. And she like awkwardly comes up and invites him to this party thing at the Dunes, which is like a bar slash restaurant after work, but he declines. It's 
so like i don't know uncomfortable and sad so millie is like oh well we should have a cousin night with aubrey because aubrey's been down about her boyfriend or whatever and jonah asks what she wants because clearly millie's up for something and she says come and you'll find out or whatever so he does show up at the dunes for the party and i said random but his super friendly potentially important roommate ephraim is there so whatever they're playing pool and stuff and then he is like really really good at pool he like sharks them basically and then millie like freaks out and like drags him out out back by the dumpsters and i have an all caps called it so we're not to that part yet though so this is random i just want to throw this in here in case it comes back around he also mentions this super preppy jerk kid reed and he's like kind of checking out aubrey but anyways okay so here's the call to part millie drags him out to the back alley she holds up his driver's license and she's like who the hell are you jonah north and why are you pretending to be my cousin <laughs> and it's like oh like who is this person but then i also have i kind of call this because of how he described her originally like thinking she's attractive and then i said i'm so proud so anyways that's probably the only thing i'll figure out in this book Chapter seven, Millie. So Millie said she figured it out that he wasn't her cousin because if you remember, she, one of the things she remembered uh, like about her cousin when they were younger was he ate something he shouldn't have and had allergic reaction. Well, Jonah, the real Jonah, has a shellfish allergy <laughs> and the fake Jonah was pounding shrimp earlier. So Millie's like, I knew it. By the way, side note, I have a shellfish allergy. That is legit, like, face swelling, throat closing immediately. And I didn't even get it till I was older, like, maybe, like, three years ago. Ridiculous. I love shrimp, too. Never again. And crab rangoons. It's ridiculous. Okay, everybody, calm down. So, <laughs> Millie starts asking, like, the questions we all have. So, Jonah explains the situation. So, he goes to school with her cousin, who everyone calls JT. So, for the sake of not being confused... Jonah is not really her cousin. JT really is her cousin. Okay, so they go to school together and they're not friends. This was like a business deal. So they both got into that science camp, but JT got a scholarship and Jonah didn't. And JT still went to the science camp and then Jonah came to the island in his place. But he does say that when Millie and Aubrey were texting and thought he was a jerk, they really were texting JT. And then JT pays Jonah installments. That's Jonas's real name too. Like, so he got a third of it now because Jonah doesn't have money and stuff. And he has to take pictures from the resort to convince like the dad that he's going or whatever. So Jonah hopes that Millie will keep his secret, but says she can tell Aubrey. And this seems random, but she's like cold and he offers his jacket to her at one point and she refuses it because she's super mad but before he leaves to go back to the dorms he gives his jacket to her before she can like refuse so like obviously there's something going on there and they like kind of like each other because they're super annoyed by each other so anyways it's the next night and millie told aubrey who of course is shocked that like jonah's not their cousin but she hasn't told anyone else so carson's sitting with millie at i think it's at the restaurant and trying to gossip to her about the story family because he's just like a nosy whatever and millie's trying to get edward franklin's contact information from carson but he says oh privacy laws can't do it 
So another bartender is there, whose name I never wrote down, says that Carson goes to deal with something outside or something. So he says to Millie, if she wants to get in touch with Edward, she should go ask Chaz because they briefly dated. So Chaz is that functioning alcoholic bartender. So she's like, oh, does he work tonight? And he's like, no, he called in sick. He does that a lot because, like, obviously he's hungover. And everyone knows he has a problem but Carson. But they, like, don't tell Carson because they want to look out for him. So Carson comes back with an older woman. And Millie, like, for a second thinks it's her grandma. But it's really Teresa. Teresa from the back flash, Mildred's assistant, Teresa Ryan. And she has, quote, unquote, news Teresa says that next Sunday, Mildred would like to have the cousins over for brunch. So not, it's Saturday at this point. So not tomorrow, but a week from then. Mildred will still be out of town for 4th of July, but they should participate in festivities, whatever. I thought that was going to be important. Like the next chapter is like, it's two days after 4th of July. So like, whatever. So anyways, the Saturday after the Sunday brunch is the big summer gala that everyone talks about. They make a big deal about it. It's like her thing that's like the only thing she comes out for publicly and stuff she wants the cousins to leave that day open as well and attend as her guests it's a formal event and the cousins can shop for outfits at the boutiques and put it on the story account millie also like mentions that like i can't buy anything from these boutiques i'm so sure i have to have them like custom fitted and Teresa's like whatever it's fine but i just think it's funny because like how short are you to have to have it like custom hemmed like that so anyways uh, I just think of like Angela from The Office where she has to shop at the American Girl doll store because Kids Gap is too flashy. Anyways, so <laughs> Millie wants to understand why her grandmother disowned all her children. She wants to understand it because she wants to understand like why her mom, Allison, is the way she is and like why she keeps Millie at arm's length. And she thinks like by going to the gala, she can get more information. Chapter 8. This is our final chapter because if it is, it's about to go down. It is. I'm pumped. Okay. Everybody focus because this is awesome. It's two days after the 4th of July. It was Aubrey. I don't know if I said that. And Aubrey said she stopped even trying to contact her boyfriend and wonders if that means they broke up. It's like, uh, yeah, probably. She thinks about... This is like a quote because it seems like really weird. So she's thinking and she says she thinks about how she did something last year at the time seemed small, but it set off a chain reaction that made her family implode. And you're like, whoa, what does that mean? So Aubrey asked her mom if her dad ever talked about Cuddy Beach. And her mom says like not in a long time, like he hasn't talked about the island in a long time, but she always got the impression that he didn't like that beach for whatever reason. So Millie dismisses this and asks if they should tell someone about fake Jonah because Millie's in there talking to Aubrey and Aubrey doesn't really want to tell because he seems like an upgrade from their real cousin and like who would they even tell that would care and Millie's main concern is that if it was found out that he wasn't the real Jonah or JT or whatever that it would look bad for the girls for going along with it. So then they go over to a coffee shop and Aubrey runs into Hazel, who's the girl that did the report on their family. And she still wants to interview them and mentions that her grandfather is doing better and might be able to tell them some stories about their parents. Millie's skeptical, but Aubrey takes Hazel's number. So Aubrey also sees on the wall, this coffee shop, a picture of her father and grandmother. And he has like his arm around her and they're young and like seem happy. And this makes her want to call and talk to her dad. okay so this makes me really mad so he basically gives her the silent treatment like he answers he's like hello 
Yes. No. He's like super short with her. Doesn't want to talk to her because she hasn't talked to him all week. And she says this. This is a quote from the book. This is what my father does when he's annoyed, withholds affection and approval to make his disappointment clear. I said, no, that's what an abusive narcissist does, not a father. I'm not about that life. That's so, it's gross. I hate it. So anyways, she informs her father that they're meeting the grandmother for brunch like that next week or whatever. And he's like, took long enough. And Aubrey tells him like she's been in Boston or whatever. And he rants that she should be more proactive and should have taken her matters in her own hands. And did you ever think about talking to her assistant? And why are you always being so passive? That's always your problem. And he's just being gross and stupid. I say gross, but like, I don't even know the right word. I can't curse or I would have every word to call this person. So Aubrey, when he's saying this, thinks about what Dr. Baxter had said. Adam had the seeds of greatness, didn't he? But he wasted them. Foolish boy could have changed it all with a word. Okay, so this says, I audibly gasped and covered my mouth at the next part. Like, I'm screaming. So her dad's like, be proactive. I'm being a jerk. Aubrey says, do you mean proactive like when you effed my swim coach and knocked her up? Is that the kind of proactive I should be shooting for? I'm screaming. Like, what? Can you imagine this, like... Uh, the, like, I don't know if it's having the same effect on the podcast, but when I read that, I literally like covered my mouth as I was reading it. I was like, oh my gosh, she just screamed that. That's crazy. So Adam, her dad demands that she apologizes, but she says no and hangs up and turns her phone off. Like I'm freaking out. So Millie's there, like they're just like outside this coffee shop and Millie does her best, but admittedly is bad at comforting people. It's really funny because like, at one point, Aubrey's crying because she's like really upset about the situation. And Millie's like, I think I have a Kleenex or something. And she's like digging around in her purse. And she's like, uh, I have a sunglass cleaner rag. Uh, it's kind of clean and it's soft. I hope this helps. And it's just like, it's me. I'm Millie in this moment. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Your dad's a jerk. I don't know. Stop crying. So... This is where it's really sad. So Aubrey's like extra upset about the situation with her dad and her swim coach because she introduced them her sophomore year. Coach Matson was her coach since middle school and Aubrey like idolized her. And then like her sophomore year, she like introduced them. She's like, look, my swim coach like thinks I'm great and loves me. And my dad thinks I'm great and loves me. And like, so they like can relate over me and she comes to realize that her coach and her father didn't think too much about her at all apparently (laughs) so i have here side note i originally pictured this coach like in the beginning of the book when she's talking about her swimming to be some burly woman from like matilda but she's apparently like this petite pretty blonde not for long anyways because she's pregnant i digress so Aubrey says that her father broke the news a month ago and acted like it was something that happened to him instead of something he caused like oh my goodness like i'm just a victim that's narcissist for you so Aubrey never really talked about it like the situation because he didn't want to talk about it clearly and i said i can't scream narcissist any louder like i really can't it's upsetting run people run if you're ever by a narcissist, just just drop it. Just go. You're better than that. So anyways, Millie refer <laughs> this this part's awesome. Millie refers to 
Aubrey's dad and the swim coach as uncle midlife crisis and coach homewrecker, which is fantastic. So Aubrey says that the coach is going to keep the baby and is going to have the baby in October. This is like summertime. And maybe it'll be the son that Adam always wanted, which is just like, oh, Aubrey. Also, yeah, if someone complains about like wanting a boy or a girl, some people weren't too happy that my daughter was a girl. Yeah, you can just like throw them out of your life. They're trash. So anyways, Aubrey quit the swim team. Obviously, she said this was the last meet. But now we know it's because she didn't want to be around when everyone finds out like our swim coach is pregnant. That's weird. And then it's like, oh, it's Aubrey's dad's baby. (sighs) it's a lot okay so Aubrey says that she used to think there was something romantic about the story family's dysfunction but she's realizing that they're all just miserable so she kind of describes them I'm just gonna read it so him which she's referring to her father him ripping our family apart out of a deep-seated need to feel special without working to accomplish anything Aunt Allison pushing Uncle Toshi away and keeping Millie at arm's length. Uncle Anders having such a bad relationship with his only son that JT paid an imposter to defy him. And Uncle Archer falling out of touch for years on end due to one addiction or another. Spot on. So Aubrey stops crying and realizes they're standing in a graveyard because like they were out on the street and then she's having this blow up thing with her dad. So she they're trying to go to this private area. And Millie says well, look who we ended up by. And it's their grandfather's gravestone. And the gravestone reads, Abraham Story, beloved husband, father, and philanthropist. Family first always is like the quote, which we know Allison says too. Aubrey says her father was right about one thing. They should stop wondering what happened and do something, be proactive. And Millie suggests that they talk to Chaz to try to get in contact with Edward. But Aubrey suggests that they give Hazel an interview and ask some questions of their own. And that's what, where I left off. And it's not technically the end of the chapter because it's supposed to go into Allison's back in time part. But this was like way too good to not end on. And I'm hitting like right about where I wanted for time. So I'm really excited. Let's get into lingering questions. Now, I don't have too many because like all the obvious questions. What's going on with the grandma? What's going on with whatever? Like her, you know, whatever. So... My main question is, who wants them at the island? And I'm just like, random guess. I'm going to say Teresa for some reason. I don't know. Just because. Like, maybe her son. I don't know. Whatever. Something with her son. That's my guess, just for fun. And then, random lingering question. I want to know what the heck's going on with Aubrey's boyfriend. Like, I know it's probably, like, not that important to the bigger thing. But, like, it's still weird. So, theories. I was like, maybe the kids being, like... The parents of the cousins were involved in the passing of their father or something. And then my other question is like, did something maybe happen to Matt, who is Allison's like crush when they were young and Teresa's son? Because like, I don't know. We haven't met him yet. And clearly Allison didn't marry him. And like, maybe they did something. I don't. Then that would be motive for Teresa wanting them there. I have no idea. So this whole thing's crazy. So in closing, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Jolly Reader Podcast. Subscribe to get notifications for part two and part three. If you're on Apple, please leave a review to help other crewmates find this podcast. And even better, share with whoever, whenever. And if you like secondhand embarrassment, stay tuned for the outtakes. Talk to you next week for part two of The Cousins. Until we sail again, this has been the Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. 
Hey, you made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. Testing. Is my mic gone? My whole family's home, so hopefully they're not too loud and they're super, I don't know, awesome. I just cleaned my whole house and mowed my lawn, so I'm tired, but let's do it. This book's awesome. Our main character, who's 17, I will be calling Millie, which is what they call her in the books. I also spell it like I-E sometimes. Why? Ugh, it's why. Anyways. And Millie talks about hair on my mic. He's super self-centered. Okay, I already said that. Recently successful, whatever. Then my phone goes off. Uh, which I believe is Archer. There are so many people. No, Anders. <coughs> Sorry. Sneasels. Okay. Let's see here. Rip, ripping our family apart about... Sorry. Rip... Uh, I'm just going to read it. Gosh. I am Allie. And you were with me to my mom.